Welcome to the No Water Methodist Church Podcast, where we hope to encourage you in your spiritual journey so that you may be a blessing to your local church and to the world. Hi, I'm Pastor Jeffrey Rickman. I'm the pastor at the Methodist Communities here in Nowata in Delaware, Oklahoma. A couple weeks ago, I was having a conversation with a woman. Her financial situation had recently changed and she was unsure about how much to give to the church. And she asked, Pastor, uh, what, what's the scriptural expectation? And I realized I needed to do a video on this because uh, as we know through a lot of different studies, giving to the church has been decreasing for a long time, ever since before the Great Depression. In fact, during the Great Depression, Americans gave more to the church out of their household income than they do today. In time of great poverty, once upon a time, Christians in America knew how much to give, how faithfully to give. And ever since then, knowledge of uh, uh, financial literacy within the Christian framework has really been in precipitous decline. So a lot of pastors are afraid to talk about money. A lot of churches think it's tacky. Jesus talked about money all the time. The Bible talks about money all over the place. Money is a very important part of discipleship. So I wanted to do a video, not just on my personal uh, reasoning about money, but what does the Bible say about how we should handle our money? Now, a lot of people today, they don't like giving to the church and it's important to understand why. One is um, a lot of churches have betrayed trust. We're living in a time where a lot of institutions have lost the trust and faithfulness of people. And it's one thing not to trust the government. It's one thing not to trust your local school board. It's another thing not to trust the church. And yes, there have been churches that have been betrayed trust. However, if that means that we no longer support the church, if that means we no longer give to the church, well, that becomes a problem, not just for the church, but for the heart of believers who withhold from the church. Now, the second reason a lot of people don't like giving to the church is because in the last hundred years, we have built a huge social safety net, a welfare state in America and the formerly Christian West where the poor are provided for by the government and not uh, the church as much anymore. And so a lot of people say, well, uh, I can just pay taxes rather than give to the church and everything will be just fine. But the thing is that the church was put on earth for a lot more than helping the poor. We are the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ and money how we exercise our monetary power and authority given this side of heaven matters very much. And yes, we should care for the poor, but we're here for a lot more than that. So getting those things out of the way. Yes, the, the state cares for the poor. Yes, individual churches have betrayed trust. Why is it that individuals should continue ministering with their money within the church? I wanted to share some scriptures here in no particular order, and we'll come back to them. First is, from the prophet Malachi, chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with the cursed, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If it will not open to you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. 
Okay, so there it mentions a tithe. In the Hebrew, a tithe means one-tenth. And the, the scriptural ex expectation of these poor people in an agrarian society a couple thousand years ago was that they give at least 10% of their income to God. Not through the church, because the church wasn't born yet, but through the covenant community located at the tabernacle or temple. Let's look at the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-8. through 8. But this I say... He which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So what do we get out of that one? God wants us not just giving, but giving joyfully, not begrudgingly, and trusting that even if we're dealing with less money, God can and will provide for us. We're going to be just fine. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich... Fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Okay, so that's a warning about love of money, right? Uh, it says it's a root of all evil. It's hard to work around that one. Here, uh, let's, let's go to James chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. This is another warning about money. Go to now, ye rich men. Weep and howl for the, your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered and the rest of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who had reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the criers of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Ye have lived in pleasure on earth and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. So the notion there being that you, you feed cattle really well to get them nice and fat for the day of slaughter. He's saying that's what rich people have done when they've accrued wealth and sat on their wealth and comfort and not cared for the poor and the needy, uh, it's not going to work out well for them. Let's look at the, the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is... There will be your heart also. Jesus said, don't build up treasures on earth. Build them up in heaven because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So how do your, you put your heart in Christ's body, the church? Give your money to the church. It's pretty simple. Finally, Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47. The, on the day of Pentecost, the church was born, started spilling out into the streets, and all that believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And then they all went poor. 
No, it doesn't say that. It says, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So what do we get out of all these readings? And granted, there are dozens of other readings I could have used. What is the biblical ethic that we get on money through these readings? One is tithing is an Old Testament concept that is helpful, but the New Testament concept is 100%. Now, I understand not many people can start off giving 100%, but we need to be clear that we're not doing the bare minimum of 10% set in the Old Testament. Christians are called to give all of ourselves to the Lord, and we need to be seeking out more and more ways to give ourselves to the Lord. Not just monetarily, but money does matter. Money is a symbol of where our heart is with the Lord. People need to be joyful, sacrificial givers. We talked about that in that 2 Corinthians reading. But it's an embarrassment to the church of Jesus Christ that some people, it's like pulling teeth from them. Oh, they don't want to give $1 more than they have to to the church. We're the most blessed generation this world has ever seen. We have more stuff, more wealth than any generation the world has ever seen. There is no reason why it should be so difficult to get people who love Jesus to give their money to his family. Church needs to be an institution we're sacrificing though, for, though, and we're going to end the video on, on talking about that. But I wanted to give some practical uh, advice to people who really haven't given to the church before but are, are going to start now because they're just so motivated by this video. You're just so overwhelmed by the, the Bible and what it's talked about. And I know I'm kind of saying that facetiously, but I think a lot of people, they just haven't read what's in the Bible. They just don't know. And I'd like to believe that after hearing what the Bible says, you're going to change your mind. You're going to have a different relationship with money. So if that's you, start giving boldly, but not stupidly. It's not going to help the church if all of a sudden you're in the poorhouse and the church has to fish you out. Okay, so give what you can. Secondly, give to the point that it's a sacrifice. It's not it's not anything worth considering if it's easy for you to just throw some money at it and you can still live at the same standard. Sacrifice means something to the Lord. Give so that you're not living as comfortably. Now, if you can't give anything uh, without just breaking the bank, then you need to redo your budget. And that's a problem. I know in America, a lot of people are living beyond their means. It's a very basic concept. Christians need to live below their means so that they always have money for the poor and for Christ's family, the church. Now, thirdly, it's important to trust your church. And I know it's hard to trust institutions. You need to trust your church, but also look over your church's shoulder. Make sure that your church is being wise with the money. Make sure that your church is being biblically faithful with your money. So give and trust, but also watch, guard, pray for your church. Now let's, let's end with talking about a vision for the church. You know, I'm sacrificially giving to the church. And just so we're out in the open, I and my wife and my family, we sacrificially give to the church. Why do I do that? What, what's the vision in mind? And the vision is, I, I focus on five things. One, a church that is not constantly in the poor house hurting for money. It is not fun. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not like church is about fun. It's not a faithful place to be when every time the church gets together, we're hurting for money. Oh, this is how much money we've taken in. Oh, we're going to have to close the doors if we don't get more money. We don't want to talk about money. We want to talk about God and how bountiful and gracious he is. And that only happens when he's got bountiful, gracious people. Now, secondly, we want a church that's able to fund a lot of transformative ministries, building and training new, new disciples and, and ministering to the poor. Now, a church cannot do these ministries if they're on a shoestring budget. You want a church that is overflowing with blessings for all the people connected to it, all the people who enter into it, especially the poor. Third, we want a church that benefits the local economy. 
gee, wouldn't it be wonderful if towns were so happy to have churches in them because, because churches consume locally, because churches pay into the tax base, they, they fund local uh, employers, employees, contractors that then spend their money locally. Wouldn't that be wonderful for a church that honors the sacrifices of those who came before? We have a bell tree over here listing the names of just some of the people who scrimped and saved and sacrificed to build up this church. Wouldn't it be a shame if we were too stingy to support what they sacrificed to build? We give to honor the sacrifices of those who came before. And finally, one day Christ is going to return. And in what shape is he going to find his church? Is he going to find it holding on by a shoestring budget full of misers? Or is he going to find it overflowing with the blessings that come from those who know his Holy Spirit? Christ is returning to find what shape we have left his bride in. May he find that we've treated her well. Brothers and sisters, our money matters. Jesus talked about it. The Bible talks about it. I hope that we bring ourselves into alignment with what our Bible has taught, that we might know joy this side of heaven and when the day of the Lord comes.